Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drek V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First, Dave the Alcadron Vader, how was your week off? Uh, it was tiring, but awesome. I did an event <laughs> Those called... are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am filled with all of the positive incredible good feelings that i got from doing my event which is called otherworld and you should all look into it i talk about it a lot on the pre-show um i'm not going to talk about it again right now because that was like three minutes ago uh yeah but don't need to hash up old business yeah you should if you if you're not on the pre-show and or you don't know what another world is you should go to otherworld.org and sign up and then i'll see you there if nothing else, you get to meet the Alcadron. Yeah. In person. The, yeah. the, the Alcadron. Alcadron. The Alcadron. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, next up, as usual, is our resident PDH PhD, Liam. How was your week? I had a very chaotic week. Uh, if, if you... Work-wise, personal-wise, both-wise. Both very, very chaotic in both, in both uh, spheres. If you are a Patreon, you are very familiar with why I have done several rants this week. If you're not a Patreon, become one, and then you can check out the chats, because yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, a, yeah, Liam was definitely uh, was, on on some sort was, of vibe this week. I was taking week. an L every day. <laughs> oh, it's a good time. But you're doing all right now. We're talking some some magic and uh, oh, having yeah. a good yeah. night, huh? We, we, are, we are doing great right now. Awesome. That's good to hear. Well, before we get to our normal, this I guess this would be where our normal housekeeping is. But before we get to that, we actually have a first-time guest in the PDH Pod studio with us this evening. Uh, Deanna, which I actually, I, I think I learned that for the first time during the pre-show, a.k.a. Ms. Eldritch. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. Um, obviously, I had a great chat during the pre-show, so you should go listen to it if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I'm having an excellent time. Um, it's great to chat with you all. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely definitely our pleasure. So I'll go ahead and uh, get through the uh, aforementioned housekeeping real quick. Uh, as usual, if you like the show and you like what you're doing here, consider supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, like we just mentioned a couple times. And that's usually just sort of like a little mini episode every week, sort of uh, talking with, with guests like Deanna here or just sort of catching up for the week. Like we haven't really talked to Alcadron in, in about a week, so that was nice hearing about his his adventures uh, you also get early access to the episode before it goes live along with the show notes and then finally you get access to our very own pdh pod discord server where you can chat with the crews uh, you have your own special patreon channels where you can get help with your decks and just sort of have like really good fun conversations all around and i guess apparently you can hear about liam taking l's all week so that's that's always fun too and to see him freak out about doctor who spoilers so uh i don't know that it's fun for me <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for us it's fun for the patrons it is entertaining content if nothing else 
Uh, and then lastly, I'm glad my pain entertains you. <laughs> uh, lastly, if you want to check us out over on YouTube and on Twitch, we're the PDH Pod over there as well. And the latter is where I stream Paper Spell Table PDH every Saturday evening, roughly about 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Liam, pass it over to you. We got anything for this weekend, Magic? Yeah, this weekend Magic was a little tame. Uh, we have the Spooky Drop Secret Layer is currently live. I think it went live like a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. For those that need a reminder, the Spooky Drop is two Doctor Who Universes Beyond Layers, a uh, Creep Show Universes Beyond Layer, a Princess Bride Universes Beyond Secret Layer. There is another one, Rising Dead, Evil Dead, something like that. Uh, some old horror movie. I don't know. Uh, Universes Beyond Secret Layer. There is... A return to the ink style on basic lands that they used with the Kamigawa Legends. A return to pixel basic lands. And a John Avon. I think I got the right artist. Yep. John Avon uh, artist series. That was all from memory. Wow. Uh, That's impressive. I think that's all of them. I might have missed one. (laughs) I'm going to forget about them in a a day. Uh, And then also... This Week in Magic, the Doctor Who spoilers started. And as Brad mentioned, if you are a Patreon, I have been freaking out about those every day after work when I get home. Just bugging. they're amazing. Bugging about them. And Doctor Who is awesome. <laughs> and I think I'm the only one that's talked in this channel for a solid 24 hours. <laughs> uh, just constant, like, like dropping links to, like, little clips of the show of, like, hey, here's why this is awesome. Uh, and, and whatnot. Yeah, it's cool because you're, yeah. like, adding the, the spoiled card plus a clip to like give us context for that card or for the flavor or what have you. So yep. Yep. I I think I'm not certain, but I think I am the only person in the entire Discord who's watched Doctor Who. I, I was getting ready to say that. Like every time you you would like say something or post a card or a video, <laughs> three or four of us would be like, I don't know what's happening, but look how excited Liam is. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I understand how Dave felt with 40K and, and Lord of the Rings. Because yeah. like 40K, I knew nothing about. And Lord of the Rings, I'm like, yeah, I've watched the movies like twice yeah. and read the books once a decade ago. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I remember that character. And yeah, I don't remember that character. Uh, but these Doctor Who uh, spoilers are like, yes, I know exactly you know, what Doctor sees an episode that is from. That's crazy. That That's crazy. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What about you, Deanna? Are you exciting. a big uh, Who fan? Is it a, is it a, a Whovian? Is that what they're called? Yeah, Whovian. Um, yep. I watched, I want to say like nine through, or Doctor, the ninth Doctor through, like basically when they kind of like re, restarted or kind of like the more mm-hmm. modern Doctors. Um, through mm-hmm. David Capaldi, um, or most of most Ooh. of Capaldi, so I kind of dropped off there a little bit. But um, okay, but so I know a good chunk of what I'm seeing. But there's some that it's been a while. So also, I will say shout out to personally. I think the best card in the secret lair drop, which is Emrakul, uh in the John Avon <laughs> uh, <laughs> secret yes. lair. So I had it on my calendar, and I had people telling me yes. as soon as the basically it was spoiled. Um, but yeah, so I like Doctor Who. Um, it seems like it's very, very, very on flavor. And um, yeah, I'm excited to go back and start watching again or maybe rewatch sort of from the ninth Doctor and kind of get caught up on, you know, because there's there's characters I recognize and I'm just like, I feel like that seems like right on the nose, but I can't fully remember why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it definitely seems yeah, there's, happy there's... for everybody. I sort of mostly know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of these cards that are so just on the nose that I'm just like, that is like in a good oh, yes. way or a bad way. Good way, like to me. In a, okay, okay. Both, 
both. Right. <laughs> like, good as in, like, yeah, they really nailed that. Like, that is 100% what happens in the episode. And then some of them tug, tug at heartstrings mm-hmm. because BBC loves nothing more than just, like, absolutely demolishing the feelings of their fan base. Sure. Yep. That's fair. Uh, like, that is their favorite pastime, I swear. <laughs> and reliving some of those moments through some of these cards, I'm like, did they really have to put that on a card? Like, that is... That hurts, like, mm-hmm. hurts the heart a little bit because you just remember what happens to the character and it's just like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It is really cool, too. I, I don't know anything about Doctor Who, but it is really cool to see everybody get super excited about it. They they kill a lot of characters, a lot of them. Uh, you'll notice that there was there was a white spell uh, that said everybody lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, it's, it's like a white rare. I know it's a common show, but you know, it's, it's a rare. Uh, <laughs> that's very infamous. Yeah, yeah, right. It's very infamous in uh, the, the Doctor Who sphere as a quote, because that is the only time in current Doctor Who, New Who, as we call it, from, from 2005 to current, where literally new who? everybody lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's New Who and Old Who. Uh, but that, that is literally the only time in all of New Who, that everyone in the episode lives. Wow. Oh, so someone dies just all the time. Every, every episode, someone <laughs> dies. And it's, 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 the unfortunate part is like, it's never just, oh, they were a side character, like they were a soldier, right? Like it's always like some person who's actually relevant to the plot. Yeah, like in they the actual storyline. Yeah, they might not be like a main character that's in every episode, but like there is someone relevant to the plot line. Who has meant? Who has a lot of speaking roles? Who dies? And it's like, guys, come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, but more. So we got a whole bunch. We got a whole show about all of that. What next week? Right? Already? Oh yeah, that's next week. Awesome. awesome. Sorry. No, Went no, you're good. Head. I I I love <laughs> to see it. Love to see it. Uh, well, uh, Miss Eldritch was actually kind enough to. It, it didn't take much talking convincing you to come on the show like i messaged you and you're like hell yeah let's do it so that was super exciting and i thought you know it'd be a good time or a good conversation to have you on to sort of talk about um some serious things and some fun things obviously the serious things being more about like creating uh a safe space in your magic the gathering social experience uh online experience in person experience even um because i know you're a big advocate for that and you um you're very confident with your approach towards the social aspect of the game so i'd like to get a lot of your input on that and then uh, a little bit later in the episode we'll talk about some actual like pdh decks and that sort of thing in your experience with the format first though uh, as we do with all of our first time guests do you mind giving the listeners like a little bit of your magic background and like what sort of like maybe drew you to the game or drew you to edh specifically and most importantly like why eldrazi Oh, that's perfect. Oh, also, um, thank you so much for the kind <laughs> words. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my little magic resume, it's not as long as um, some other folks here, but uh, I've been, I feel like I've been dating people for many years that have played magic. So I felt like it was kind of only a, a matter of time before I kind of got pulled in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was summer of 20, 2018, I believe, or late late 2018, um, I had a friend that was just like, come over, I'm teaching you. And like basically wrangled several of our friends over and just plopped decks down in front of us and like taught us the whole thing. And um, which is where I got my Gishath deck from originally. That was the very, very first deck that I ever played. 
Um, oh, and I was nice. like, can I keep this? Cause this is really cool and I like it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I learned commander, um, and then basically started playing some arena because I didn't necessarily know like other people that played on a regular basis and, um, sure. kind of got familiar with like how the stack works and triggers work and all that kind of stuff. And then not long after that, the pandemic hit. So I played Mm -hmm. a ton of arena during that. It was just like a really great way to pass the time and learned a bunch about kind of how everything works. And uh, so I was playing standard then. And then I kind of stumbled into, I was already on Twitter, but I sort of stumbled into magic Twitter, sort of accidentally. uh, And then kind of found like (laughs) my little, my little neck of the woods of weirdos and have just fully kind of like, created a base here and um and yes and i just play mostly over spell table lots and lots of commander that's kind of my staple um formats until i you know recently got into popper which we can talk about i'm sure here in a little bit sure of course and why eldrazi they i don't know they've just always super they've always just really appealed to me like when i was playing arena i was also kind of watching the like the championships and stuff that were being aired on twitch and Mm -hmm. i remember the first time someone playing ulamog and i was like what is that i love it i need it like (laughs) what what do you mean it does that what do you mean it looks like that like i i sort of have a you know if if any of you've been following me on twitter for a little bit kind of have like a little bit of a thing for monsters it's just kind of like my jam and they're you know these sort of just glorious tentacle weird looking delightful things and yeah i don't know they kind of just hit the right buttons for me so um and i kind of love the idea i've always been a fan of them yeah i kind of love this idea of you know they're they're not necessarily when you get into their lore they're not necessarily evil they're just kind of carrying out their role as what they do and they're kind of like beyond our comprehension and the blind eternities and all that kind of stuff so it's like mm-hmm. yeah i just kind of love the you know are they are they monsters or are they just kind of doing what they're what they do like is it evil versus you know yeah there, there's we, we could go like real deep into that but that's the short answer <laughs> so. no eldrazi are awesome and like i've i love them like i love them as like um these ancient monster things, you know, yeah. very Lovecrafty and all that sort of stuff. I've just never, like, I follow a lot of magic Twitter, obviously. And I, I think your, your timeline, your account sort of sticks out to me as the one that's like cheerleading Eldrazi, like all the way, like you just love them. Yeah. Well, and it's then entertaining to watch. <laughs> and then I was sorting through actually uh, the sort of eventually ties into Popper, but um, I was sorting through some old bulk and I found, um, I want to say, I'm trying to think of the card name. Is it return to the past or look grapple with the past grapple with the past sure yeah, yeah, yeah. grapple with the past and I, I i was just like oh my god that's an aldrazi and then i read the flavor text of um emrakul does not grant wishes desires simply aligned to her will and i was like oh emrakul's a she what are you what do you mean what do you like what do you what's mean? happening here yeah and then i just I, I was just like head over heels at that point like it it just you know so that so that's where sort of you know my tag came from and just emrakul is my my very very favorite card creature of all time so but yeah well it is a it is a good one to have as a favorite that's for sure (laughs) now do you play a lot of eldrazi too because like a lot of the stuff character wise lore wise art wise whatever you whatever you want to call it about magic a lot of the stuff that i love i don't actually play like i love elves but i don't really play an elves deck are you sort of the same with with the eldrazi or do you actually like jam them on spell table and murder people 
<laughs> um, a little bit of both. So one of my very first commander decks, um, I made a Joda with kind of Morophon as kind of the backup lieutenant. Um, and so ideally, okay. I love so yeah, sort of the the baby deck that I made the first time and have since kind of upgraded quite a lot is uh, basically a five color Eldrazi deck. So I don't play it a ton, but it is kind of my like that is completed and it's going to sit there and it is going to forever be like my very favorite thing. And yes, um, so I don't play it a ton, but I did get the I got the colorless precon that came out recently. So mm, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. fully plan on slaving that up and making some upgrades to it. And I think since I am kind of that person, I feel like I just should jam them into more of my deck. So it's definitely on my plate <laughs> to kind of look through and be like, okay, do we have like a red deck? We're just going to jam the red ones in there and just kind of, even if they're not like the most efficient creatures, having them in there will spark so much joy that I need to do it. So a little bit of yes and no. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is totally understandable. It, so uh, that's it, cool. Yeah, I was just kind of curious about that. What's up, Dave? It's been an, an entire hot minute since I was into EDH, but when I was, the deck that I was, the deck that was like famously my baby deck within my local meadow was uh, Rakdos, Lord of Riots. And one of the Ooh. things that made that deck famous was that you could, um, you could, you could very easily like turn for a Tree of Perdition, and then on turn five you could tap it make someone lose 27 life as their life total goes from 40 <laughs> to 13 and then cast Rakdos and then cast Emrakul and Kozilek and Butcher of Truth for free or cast a 27-27 Endless One for free <laughs> uh, just or, for free it's or, fine. or or the uh, the exciting thing this deck got lent out a lot and the, the play that I always wanted to make but I never made it personally but I watched someone else do it with my deck was um Tapping Hidetsugu to drain the table for like 67. Hmm. Okay. And then casting an endless one for free. Oh. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. It was. That's horrible. Shepherds. I love it. I might need yeah, to look is, at the list if you still have a list around because that is I, that is very sexy. To be honest. I do. With you. I do have the list. I can. I'll send you the list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love, um, I love, you know, ideally getting to like, well, all my spells are now Wooberg. Great. Everything is reduced by Wooberg and just chucking Titans sure. onto the field. And, and I, basically things that like reduce costs or cheating creatures is like very up my alley. I, I love Eldrazi a lot, but what's better than Eldrazi is Eldrazi that costs zero mana. Yes. <laughs> what's better than Eldrazi, but cheap, El <laughs> cheap or free Eldrazi. Cheap or free. You are absolutely correct. Sometimes we can cast them for their full costs, but even better, what? I also who, got the... Who does that? Who does that? I also got the, um, one of the previous Secret Lair drops also had an It the Betrays in it, and I somehow yeah. missed it as I was going oh, around, wow. and I was like, mm, nope, buying that one. Add to cart instantly. <laughs> Just add to cart. <laughs> yep. No, not, yeah. not even looking back. Just uh, mm -hmm. click and buy. Yep. Yep. And there was an equipment that was spoiled for... What set is that for? Is that Ixalan, maybe? There's an equipment that basically does the same thing. So I definitely posted, like, an Emrakul, like, peeking over a ledge, looking at the looking at the equipment card. <laughs> so it's going to be <laughs> so exciting. But, yeah, definitely yeah, uh, I'll the, uh... look for that list. If, yeah, oh, perfect. You just sent it to me. Bless you. Got you. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah, no, you've, I feel like you've brought that deck up before, but I, I didn't know yeah. about all the free Eldrazi. So that is, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I've definitely done the turn five Emrakul for free maneuver. 
Uh, that one feels pretty <laughs> that good. That is a maneuver for sure. It's it sure is one entire maneuver. It is a maneuver. <laughs> hey, um, do I yep. need another Rakdos deck? I think I need a, another Rakdos deck. I, I think you might <laughs> I think now. I might. So. Mm-hmm. I don't make the rules, so, but the uh, signs point to yes. Signs point yeah. to yes. <laughs> so, so we're talking about Rakdos. We've talked about Odrazi and, and Gishath. What, what else about the the format of EDH and and subsequently into PDH like got you hooked and excited? Like, what about these formats has you excited about Magic, and how does that mesh with curating your your Magic experience, the the groups that you play with? Ooh, that's such a great question. And I feel like there's also like four questions in there at the same time. There absolutely <laughs> are. So please. Yeah. Okay. Well, Liam's, Liam's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that um, you are like perfectly setting up for like the podcast for me to dovetail from one into the other. So excellent choice. Um, so the thing about EDH, I think foremost was the people, like the fact that, you know, in the middle, of, I, I'm a huge extrovert. Like I just, I generally get a little wilty when I don't spend time around other humans. Like I'm just naturally sure. just love yep. being around people. So for me, having spell table in the middle of the pandemic was such a boon because it was like getting a chance to play with people from all over and with like physical stuff. So we don't even have to have like a program. It's like, I just can use all my physical things and still spend time with other people. So that's kind of what hooked me. Right. You're in. like, I, all I need is a camera. Like sign me up. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And and then also the singleton format and just like the really enormous pool of cards is really fun. Um, Cause up until that point I had only really played with like in standard. So, you know, sort of like the okay. kind of the block that you have to work with. And um, yeah. so the fact that it's just like this massive, like decades deep pool of stuff is really, really fun. And the fact that I'm still getting to be like, what is that card? I've never seen that. Oh my God. How do you do that? Like, what do you mean you can do this thing? Like, that's so cool. Um, is like an everyday process. The fact, despite that I've been in this for, you know, multiple years now. Yeah. And then Popper was like a lot of seeing everyone talk about it so much. Like there's a ton of people. I feel like anytime you kind of whisper like Popper and the, you know, people just sort of pop yeah. up out of nowhere and just like Popper, let me tell you, you know, <laughs> exactly. Which I love because yep. then I get to be like, Oh my God, tell me about that. Um, but it was a really fun way to, I, so I'd had some friends talk about it that, you know, I go to, um, I went to summit back in November in Salt Lake city and people are like, Oh, I brought Popper decks and it, I love it because like, you can just toss together this deck and it's like so much cheaper and so much easier to put together. And um, so it was always on my list to try. And then basically I finally, <laughs> I finally organized the, all the boxes and just piles of stuff sitting around my house. And so I finally yeah. like have everything in a collection and organized and sorted into colors and rarities and all this kind of stuff. And so it gave me a chance to use cards that I have. Cause I have all these like comments sitting around where I'm just like, I would love to put this in something and you're so cute or you're so wonderful or I love this <laughs> thing and would love to try it sometime. But like, it just doesn't, make the cut often in EDH because there's always like better versions of whatever you're trying to do. So Popper gives me a chance to like use my collection of stuff sitting around and gives me a chance to like have a whole new appreciation for stuff that I've never played before. So, and it's also kind of changing my sense of like what's good in a, in a deck. Cause times where I'm like, Oh, that's not, that's not very good. That's way too expensive for that. Like there's no way, like, no, no, no. (laughs) There's like uh, much better ways to do this. 
but then you'll play the thing and you're like, oh, actually, this is like really good in Popper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really fun. It feels like a whole a whole new world, as it were. A dazzling place I never knew. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It really is kind of like a whole new... It, it's not a whole new game, but when people start actually exploring, whether even if it's 60-card Popper or Popper Commander or mm-hmm. whatever... Um, you can kind of see like their eyes, you know, getting wide and like really exploring the format. And I feel like that's, I've seen that from you and it's, I don't know, it's exciting to see as someone who's always promoting the format. Yeah, absolutely. Also, thank you for the, the giggle for the Aladdin reference. I wasn't going to quite sing in your <laughs> ears, but you know. <laughs> I, it took me a second because it wasn't sung. I was like, why is that so for, oh, okay, okay. okay. I, <laughs> I was, I was on board just mm-hmm. processing. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Let's say at least even if you didn't get it, if it just went over everyone's head, then I feel like someone listening would would understand it. So, yes. we we must have yeah. Oh, Aladdin in, amongst our listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would think so. I forgot to answer the last question, which is I feel like maybe the most important, oh. which is how does that then dovetail into? Was, was that the question? How it kind of uh, how I curate who I play with? Was that sort of where you were going with that? Yeah, like like the the aspects of EDH and PDH that get you excited. Like, how does that then translate into how you interact with the format, how you interact with others? Mm. It's mostly just the people. Um, so the the things I get excited about in the format are, you know, discovering new cards, falling in love with new strategies, new decks, um, getting to do like, oh my god, last night I was in this game and I did this thing and then someone else played this card, which did this thing. And then, you know, getting to share like those really fun moments with people, getting to talk about them later, um, kind of the really fun like, uh, oh my god, I've never seen this card. And then people being like, oh yeah, that was a great staple when I played XYZ. And then I get to discover more cards. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, just the the social aspect, I think, um, getting a chance to connect with people and um, yeah, I think that's mostly what it is. It's lots of connection stuff. Just it helps me feel connected to people and get excited about new stuff that I've never seen before or, you know, getting to play decks again and being like, ah, I remember why I love this deck so much. So yeah, exactly. And, and you beat Dave on stream a few months ago so i mean that was cool too i did i did i felt a little bad after that night because i i played three games back to back with um with chris that night and yeah won all three of them and i was like well damn it was really fun (laughs) it was really fun that's how you do it yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. Mm -hmm. yep and remind me what deck you were playing i don't remember i was playing a cascade burn deck helmed by noise marine that's right. I was gonna say you had the you oh, had the marine. marine. Yeah. And you're like, please yeah. just let me do this thing with the marine. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Seems scary. I kept on attacking with my three two into your eight eight, hoping that you would block, <laughs> so right, I could I recast like... the three two. And like for for a while you didn't, and then and then you did, and I was like, I will repay this kindness by killing everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sometimes we work politics. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Politics. Yep. Uh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned um, spell table when the uh, pandemic hit, and I think that's one of the reasons like I stayed in the game is because spell table existed. And I know a lot of people feel that same way. I have my own answers, but I kind of like to hear from you as well. Like, how did you know? Sort of like you mentioned having your your local play group or your local friends that played, maybe an LGS that you went to. Like, how did suddenly having the world to play with? Like, how did that sort of like affect your 
your social interactions with the game with other people and you know in those situations like you I feel like in the first six months of everyone getting on spell table there was like a huge learning curve of like okay these are the people I do want to play with this is what I'm looking for like you know sort of like informing the other players of etiquette and who to play with what what streams to watch you know this and that sort of thing so how did you like sort of get into um that side of it how do you how did you sort of like create that safe space um over webcam not just not just even in person necessarily or on a specific social media but in spell table in general like i can't imagine it was super overwhelming for me to just suddenly have like a million people to play with <laughs> instead of two or three mm-hmm. like i sort of want to hear your experiences with that yeah. if you don't mind oh no absolutely uh it's interesting because i i sort of had um a little bit of a backwards experience so i learned Basically, um, I worked at Starbucks for a couple of years, and I learned from some of my coworkers there. But it was like kind of a one-time thing, and it wasn't like a great. Let's come over and like that. We have a play group. It was like, mm-hmm. come over. I'm going to teach you. We're going to be here for like 12 hours, and you're going to like learn, <laughs> and then sent me home with the decks, and then like that was kind of it. <laughs> so, and then I learned on Arena. So I, and then the okay. pandemic hit. So like I didn't, I didn't actually have like a, an LGS or even a like a local group that I played with a lot. So uh, me coming into spell table was, was, was the finding people to play with. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. It was, it was the gateway play group. that got Exactly. You. You go. Exactly. And then <laughs> I found basically through finding magic Twitter, I found people that were offering to play games with other folks. I found discords that were having like, you know, looking for games, but it was kind of just a slow build. So I started, I, I joined like one or two discords and started my mm-hmm. very first spell table game. And I was extra nervous because I was brand new to magic. So there have been people that have been playing for like decades. And I, I, e- I ever, yeah, yeah. And I just learned. And then also, you know, I know this is going to kind of touch on some of the other stuff we want to talk about, but also being a woman coming into like, okay, here I'm brand new to magic Twitter and I'm brand new to the server, but I want to play a game. So let's go. <laughs> and <laughs> some of the other things that have also influenced kind of how I play now is those first several games when I would jump in, everybody was super nice. Like, thankfully, I really have not had too many, like, awful, awful experiences. Mm -hmm. Everyone's been really great and are usually pretty nice about me being like, what does that do? I don't understand the interaction. Like, what what does that do? Yeah. But when people would do things like, um, I play a crater hoof, and then everyone would be like, oh, and, you know, and I'd be like, I don't know what that means. Like, what... I don't know what you, and then the game would suddenly be over and I was like, I don't know what that card is. Like, uh, like so what jealous. happened? Yeah. I'm so I, jealous that, of not knowing what Crater Hoof means. Like I want right. I want to be, I want that to be my life. Just not yeah. recognizing the word Crater Hoof. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, and also <laughs> yeah, right. would, people would, you know, also use the shorthand. So they'd just be like, I'm going to play a hoof and, and then that's basically it. And I'd be like, I have no idea. Or, um, you know, we're just going to do the Thoracal thing. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And now like, I do. Why is everyone scooping up their cards? Exactly. What's going exactly. On and so then, you know, and so I had to be like a little sheepish and be like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, can you tell me like, what is that card? And then I have to go read the card. And sometimes even there, it's like not clear how the thing works. And um, so now, even as I'm playing with people that have been playing for years or playing on stream or whatever, I try to be really cognizant of like, I play and I say the full name of the card and then I tell you exactly what it does. So that way... If you can't see the card, if you don't want to ask me what it is, you know, if you have are playing magic for your first day, you know, you get a chance to be like, oh, I can go look up the 
what is a crater right. hoof behemoth? Yep. You know? <laughs> and then you're scarred for life. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, there, you, you know, you sort of pick up the lingo and that's kind of a, kind of a side effect of like, anytime you get into a hobby, there's going to be shorthand and, you know, uh, sort of its own dialect. But I try to be really cognizant yeah. of, of that kind of thing for maybe people that are newer. So that people like me can come in and be like, oh, I'm a little bit more caught up and it's less intimidating. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've caught a, a few streams that you've been on and they've been either, you know, I caught the PDH one where you're the popper commander one you're on and a couple other EDH ones just randomly. Are you do you play like mainly casual EDH? Like where do you where do where do your uh, favors lie? Are, are you a big competitive player? Oh, yeah. No, like, I that whole community. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm definitely friends with CEDH people. Uh, but yeah, I'm I am my bread and butter is definitely competitive. Or, sorry, not competitive. My my bread and butter. You just clip that and just post it somewhere. and It'll just be <laughs> Deanna saying her bread and butter is competitive. <laughs> um, no, my right. bread and butter is casual for sure. And I often say that my decks are just solidly mid. Like I can put some things together. Sometimes they work really well. But like, I don't have the strongest thing at the table. So, you know, the whole, the whole cliche of like, oh, my deck's a seven is like, I'm usually like, no, nope, but it's, right. it's a five. I'm just right up the middle. It's... <laughs> Probably stronger than a pre-con, but definitely not as strong as maybe some of the other things at the table. And um, sure. But yeah. So definitely casual, kind of where I spend most how, of my time. How do you feel about pre-cons? Are you a big pre-con fan? Like, do you get them all and upgrade them? Do you play them like just oh. straight out of the box? Like, Ooh, that, That's um... a question. But, like, you should know going into it, there's a correct answer, and I will judge you. Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, I've, that, that's fine. You can judge me. <laughs> it's okay. Dave's usually wrong, so. so oh, there we go. man. Aww. You're going to do me like that. <laughs> um, so, for me, I think the pre-cons are excellent. Because if you've never, ever, especially in my format, you know, other formats, I, I don't know. But in, in my sure. format in particular, like, casual EDH. If you just want to be able to like pick up a thing, spend some human dollars and pick up a thing and be able to sit <laughs> down. Human and, dollars. Yeah, I like that. Right, right. Human dollars <laughs> as opposed to, you know, um, and then sit down at a table and be able to start is like perfect. Um, I don't pick up all of them. I did have a thing with uh, someone I was dating for a while where we would basically when the new sets would come out, we would go buy a pre-con and then mm -hmm. play it right out of the box and... And then we decide to either upgrade it later or deconstruct it for parts or, um, right. you know, whatever. Um, I don't buy a ton of them. I bought the Eldrazi one. So I would say I buy one maybe every couple of sets, um, especially if there's like good reprints or kind of a theme that looks interesting. And it's nice kind of having right. the spine for it that I want. But yeah, I would say most most of the time I'm doing my own brewing. But I think I think they're fantastic. And I think that they're getting even stronger. So it's like you feel like you can hang at the table, you know, versus like, I know some yeah, of them have been sure. a little like, you know, there's like, uh, I, of course I love, you know, no shade to anyone, but I remember opening the Wither Bloom <laughs> pre-con and it just, it was trying to do like four different things and had too much of all the pieces. And I felt like I was like, I, my whole, I have a board here, but it's not like doing anything. Whereas I feel like in the years since the pre-cons have definitely gotten stronger right out of the box. So so yeah, sure. short answers. Yeah, yeah. I think they're excellent, and I buy, I buy them every now and then. So, that's, okay, cool. Yeah, that's I correct. guess that's the correct answer. Oh yay! Yeah, my okay, whole time, good. like my entire like Twitter, you know, career or whatever, like interacting with you. I wasn't sure if you were like a brewer or just a precon upgrader or 
kind of like what your yeah what your uh, enjoyment light in when I started out I definitely was buying decks so like the the Morophon like the Eldrazi deck that I bought I um, just bought it from basically an LGS that kind of put together decks so I mm-hmm. did start off doing that I also have a Yarrick deck that came from that as well but that was also because like I didn't really know how to brew things and so now I'm definitely more of a like you know, I'll usually go to EDH Rec and kind of look up what are the most common cards for things that I'm trying to work on. But for the most part, I'm brewing my own decks now. So, nice. but there's no wrong way to do it. If you like upgrading pre-cons, if you like buying decks from other people, if you like buying sure. decks online, all that is perfectly great. I just think you should, you know, like reading. If you're just doing the reading, whether you're on Kindle or Audible or whatever, like however you, however you do it, however you brew and play, I think is great. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. That is also a uh, correct answer. That is <laughs> oh, yeah, the categorically correct answer. <laughs> two for two. Uh, two for two. I, it's a little interesting that I like engage in precons in like a sort of a different way than you do. Like, hmm. I love them. I think they're fantastic. I don't like changing them. I oh, feel that's like so interesting. In my mind, I like to me precon EDH is uh, like I I put it in a separate category. Like to me, it's it's like a separate format where it it takes away the need to have awkward rule zero conversations that could potentially lead to weird disappointment situations where someone shows up and says their deck is a seven and then they thoracle you on turn three. And you're like, what is, what does seven mean? What did, what have you done? What does seven mean to you? So, so for me, like I have, I've bought a, a, a handful of precons over the years. Uh, like I had, I have all f- the four color ones because I think that they're outstanding. I have a lot of the Warhammer ones. Uh, my buddy has all the Lord of the Rings ones, and I just, I think just leaving them together and leaving them in a box, and like when people come over and you can be like, do you want to play some precon EDH? Like it's its own whole separate format, and then you just all grab a precon and you just go because they're like they're so flavorful and balanced against each other. I don't like changing them i love just having them as is out of the box yeah that's yeah. fair I, I i enjoy like sometimes when they when they'll release four pre-cons every now and then like some streamers will get together and like stream a game of all four of them against each other or whatever and that's always mm-hmm. pretty interesting yeah i was gonna say i do tend to keep around like a like a pre-con or two just in their mm-hmm. base form so that way it's like if I truly need just something straight out of the box or someone else like picked one up and is bringing it to the table or we want just mm-hmm. like a we're just going to like vibe and just hang out and we're not going to try to just, you know, efficiently murder each other. We just want to like hang out. Like it's really <laughs> nice just to have one like in its base form. You know, we got the tap lands yeah. and we've got the not amazing mana base, but it's going to do a thing and it's going to be great at it. And yeah, like you get to see kind of all the pieces that someone else sort of put all together. And so, yeah, I do. I, I totally think that that's a great way to do it. Um, I, I especially like... now that we have these like really flavored ones where like, like Warhammer and Lord of the Rings have like spoiled. Cause like, yes, my, <laughs> yes. my, my boyfriend and I <laughs> got like all the, the Warhammer ones. And I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I have Chaos Marines, I have Space Marines, I'm gonna leave them as is. He got Tyranids, and he was like, I think, I think a couple of these cards need to change. And like, so he took out, I think he took out Cultivate and replaced it with Phyrexian Arena. And I was, not not Arena, Altar, Phyrexian Altar. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's definitely a huge upgrade, and I support this plan, like it's flavorful. But having this one old bordered, like Dominaria. <laughs> Sabotavik looking card in a deck that's <laughs> exclusively like Warhammer, different frame, different border, different art style, different like 
hollow foil thing in the corner. Like it just feels really weird to me. So like yeah. being able to just have a, like a one coherent like aesthetic Product. for a yeah, whole aesthetic, game. That's it. Is is really fun for me personally. Sure. Interesting. I, so I, I think I've, that's yeah. I think that's a, a great way to do things, and it sort of makes me want to turn that into more of a thing because I think they're really fun, and it'd be great to just be like, "Great, do you have a precon? Amazing, let's do yeah. it." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also find yeah, myself sure. as I learn, I have like an interesting sort of, and I don't know if it's the same way for other people. Um, I feel like this is very much a an influence of several of the people I've played with. I also have I have like an inverse sort of relationship with efficiency where. I, the more I learn about magic, I'm like, yes, I could put in a two card combo that will kill the table and that's it. But I kind of don't want to, I kind of want to put in like a three or four card combo. Like that's not as fun. I don't want to do that. Like, (laughs) and it just sort of creates this like, yeah, I know there's probably a way better way to do this particular thing, but I really like this weird little creature and it's really fun and I really like it. So I'm just going to jam it in there, even if it's not like the best thing to put in there. 100%. So, and I don't know if that's just a case of like learning it and therefore you're more comfortable with the options, but yeah. So it kind of is this weird, like I almost go backwards away from competitive into more like just our, our fun little weird decks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I definitely understand this. I definitely understand this. This is kind of where I like to sit as well. Mm -hmm. And I think the only time I've I've ever really in the past couple of years considered a two card combo is when it doesn't win on the spot. Like, oh. yeah, I just made infinite one ones, but they don't have haste. Yeah, Ooh. what are they so doing? They're just, cycle. they're just gonna die. Yes, yeah, you get a turn cycle to figure it out. Yeah, and if you don't, I win the game. But I gave you a chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I enjoy I enjoy that scenario a lot because it makes for it makes for epic stories. It, you set up the epic story of yeah they had two million one ones, but then someone you know dug thirty cards deep and found the board wipe. Like that story setup is is massive, and I think the more entrenched you are in the game, the the more knowledge you have, you you can build around that setup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've got for a. Sure. Um, I have the the veto and uh, veto, uh, the, not the dusk rose. That's Alinda. Um, <laughs> veto. What is his uh, name? Yeah. Veto. Ah, I don't know. I know who you're Thorn talking about. Thorn of the exactly dusk rose. Okay. The black yes. Veto. Thorn, Thorn, Thorn yeah, of the go. dusk rose, and then the sanguine bond. Uh, like other piece. Um, or mm-hmm. exquisite okay. blood. I'm constantly confusing those two, but I have the little. I have the yeah. little veto combo. Um, in actually i think now two of my decks and i i feel weird about it and every time it happens i'm like ah, maybe i should <laughs> take sorry. it out yeah but what i've decided is for my own sake i'm going to make sure that a i don't play them on the same turn so if i veto if i wanted the other out i'm not going to play them on the same turn so you have a chance to like zap it and then i want to make sure my deck is also done a thing so like i want to make sure my, i'm presenting a threat or my deck has has kind of done what it wants to do versus like i just sit there and don't do anything and then like in one turn i pay like eight mana yeah and like you just win. you just spent the whole game like digging for your combo exactly exactly yeah. so that to me is like and even then i'm kind of just like mm, was... this is too easy but yeah i like the <laughs> maybe additionally if i if i don't like the even if that feels too good just the like great i'm going to put it on the board and not do a goddamn thing and swearing i'm not going to do no, anything and then you have a chance to kind of get rid of it before i then activate the whatever so yep. mm-hmm. yeah a fascinating way to play veto that was described to me is uh like you said you know putting one on the board and then then waiting to play the other uh but putting both on the board and then not triggering either 
like having them sit there and be like, it's up to you guys now. Like, this is just a, like this present is a threat. the threat of activation mm-hmm. the whole time. Ooh, <laughs> yep. I do like, love the, that. <laughs> using, using Vito's activation only defensively. So like if someone attacks you, you know, you have full reign to, to activate it and, and block. But like that was described to me at one point and I was like, yeah. I dig that. I love like, that. It's it's a threat. It a hundred percent is. But like, if you don't activate it and but, it just sits there. The, the last time I did that was also with the Lord of Riot stack that I mentioned, where uh-huh. I <laughs> I didn't use Hidetsugu. Th- this this didn't involve Hidetsugu or Endless One. It's sort of a, a sister combo, which is um, Scourge of the Skyclaves, which has an ETB that makes everyone yes. lose half their life, followed by Walking Ballista. With like thirty counters on it, when everyone is at like seventeen life, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> like this, this is so easy. Like as soon as anyone does anything to me, I can kill them in response." And the guy I was playing with uh, top decked Word of Seizing, and I died. And I died. Word of Seizing, it's, it's a threat oh. effect, so it gains control of target creature. But it has split second. Oh, it has split second. Gross. <laughs> oh, no. Gross. Oh, so goes, we love split second. He goes, I cast word of season targeting the walking ballista. And I go, I pass priority. And everyone else at the table goes like, what are you doing? Are you trying to die? And I was like, you should read that card. It's important. Like, please, please know that I am not choosing this voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that the, the flavor text is just obey exclamation point on that card. That's it. Yeah. Just obey. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. I, I like this, you know, have veto and the, the sanguine bond, whatever. I like, mm-hmm. I like have them, but don't use them as like a, a threat, but like. Look out for word of seizing. That will <laughs> look out for it. It'll get you. Look out it'll get for you. It. It'll get that. it'll get you in the the best way possible. Mm-hmm. That's Not like me my, taking that's like my best EDH story. Decks. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> Just in mm-hmm. case someone walking ballistas you with a thirty thirty. Yeah. Right. Another yeah. one of my so favorites in that in that same vein is um, sudden spoiling, where yes. just like sudden shuts off abilities. Yeah, and then it's like, oh well. I could have removed a 1-1 from Walking Ballista, but now it's like an 0-2 that can't do anything. So, yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Big sad. Split second is so... I wish I wish we had yeah. split second cards it. at common. I cannot tell if I wish that or not. I'm not sure if that would be <laughs> if that would be good or just annoying. I mean, we have Sulfur Elemental you can play as your commander. Uh, I, yes. I mean... Technically, <laughs> technically, what you have said is true, and I cannot argue against it. But, but the words you I'm, have said are true. Know that I am making a face right now. <laughs> is it a good face? No, no, it is not. <laughs> nope. It is. It is the face of disappointment. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not angry like with you, a... child. But it's I'm a red just, elemental, Dave. I'm What's wrong? Just with it? disappointed. Just disappointed. It's just a three mana three two. Oh. With flash and split second. I, I know That's what it. it is. I played it in decks. I played it for years. <laughs> That's why I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, before we get more into the actual Popper Commander side of things, I think Dave had a question for you, Deanna, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Um, I recognize that magic demographics skew very heavily in one direction. Uh, and... Uh, everyone else that we've had on the, with I think the exception of Abby, 
reflects those demographics in a way that I, as as a as a great believer in diversity, I'm not super proud of. Uh, so I'm really excited you're here. I yes. would love it Thank if you. you could talk a little bit about uh, any like standout experiences you've had regarding diversity in the magic community and your place in that and and where things have been where things are going uh yes that is a great question i would love to talk about that so it's interesting because like i guess i've had two different types of experiences so the first one is with spell table and magic twitter that has strangely been a very kind of female and queer affirming experience like there are so many queer folks at least in my section of magic twitter and so many mm -hmm. women and um people of marginalized genders and i i guess i don't feel as much of the odd one out as i could i think um i also right. recognize that i also have privilege in terms of i am a cis white person <laughs> so um. i also have <laughs> demographics that are not always the best as well and sure making sure that when i set up events um either through pods or who i'm kind of the voices that i'm elevating or the people i spend time around making sure that i'm keeping that diverse and also prioritizing people who are not like me mm -hmm. and then i love that yeah, yeah. and uh for the most and part that's, that's something too i don't mean I, to cut you no, off no, but go like for it. i i can see that like when I come across one of your uh, posts on Twitter or I'm in the comments, just sort of read it, reading them. I don't, I don't, I can see that as an outsider, like how much people uh, appreciate that. And I, I don't know if it resonates with you being like the original poster or just, you know, what have you, or just liking the comments or what, but um, like as someone that is watching the conversation happen, like that is, that is um, like you said, you're giving voice, uh, a voice to them. And that is very much like, People love it. People are eating it up. They absolutely appreciate it. And I just, you, you're doing a very, a very good job at it. I don't know if you're conscious of that or not, but whatever you're doing is, is uh, extremely positive. You make me cry. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> Sorry. Is, no, no, it's fine. No, I, I, that, that, it just means a lot because, you know, um, I try to be very vocal about my values. And so it's, it's nice to hear that it's like visible from the outside as well. It's not just like yeah, me talking in like a little is. chamber and you're like, that's nice. You know, it's like <laughs> that it's resonating with people, I guess, is what I'm saying. So yeah. thank you. That's so that's so sweet. Um, I, you're welcome. I'm a, a little surprised to learn that Twitter is so diverse. I kind of like I'm not on Twitter at all. I've never been on Twitter, despite despite what not Algadron would have you believe. Um, <laughs> I just never have been to the site at all. And I just like the things I hear about Twitter on like other media outlets suggest to me that Twitter is this like wasteland of like angry yelling people. Mm. So like it, I, it I had is, no idea if you that don't it was bother to so if you don't like, bother to cultivate your timeline, it absolutely is. Yeah. No, I mean just like hearing that it's, you know, like a diverse, inclusive space for like a lot of magic players is like really heartening. And I'm I'm glad mm -hmm. that that's there for you and that you are there for it. That sounds awesome. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like there's a, a green and two cast cultivate joke in here somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it I mean, I, I'm sure Eddie, or I know from a very large scale, right, like uh, Twitter will feed you these like, popular posts that have kind of gone viral across the whole platform and you wander into the comments and you're like, Oh my God, yeah. what have I done? Why am I here? Yeah, Get out of here. Yeah. Right? But 
um, I've been lucky in, yeah, like being able to kind of curate the people that I like. And we've, there's like this little community of, um, of people that, yeah, are just really, really, really great. Uh, I will say that it's still, for the most part, still predominantly white in the sections that I play in. So that is a piece that definitely could um, use some improvement for sure in terms of like welcoming people and making sure we prioritize players that, you know, are not just all white people, but um, in sure. terms of, yeah, diversity of, of queerness and gender and um, life experiences and people of color and that kind of thing. It's, it's definitely better than I thought it would be. Um, and thankfully, you know, I really haven't had, I occasionally get the like, the little stray Twitter comments of just being like, oh, girls aren't good at magic or like insulting me when I find a card for the first time. And they're like, well, yeah, if you had been classic, around, you would classic. have known this. Like, what do you mean you didn't know this was a thing? Like, it's always been a thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let me yeah, let, let people enjoy stuff. 25 years ago. Imagine, like, right? <laughs> um, but it, it has yeah. been a little bit different in person. Like I, um, a, a little bit I had at the last pre-release, I had someone that was like, wow, it's weird to see a girl playing magic. Like not quite said like that, but that was sort of the... And, and it wasn't even a mean thing. It was, I think it was, I think they were trying to be positive, but it just came off as like, I wish it's we... It's like an awkward observation. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And someone who was basically calling the table numbers for the pre-release um, was just like, are you Deanna? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, great, you're at table eight. That's the only other girl name I had on the list. So I made an assumption and I was like, ah, like, mm. I get it, but like... You know, so it just, it sort of re, re, oh, and then I also had someone, maybe it just wasn't a great pre-release. I had fun at the event itself, <laughs> but I also had someone who was like, oh, we also play over at this LGS, like, you know, we could swap numbers and you can like come play with us. And I'm like, that's amazing. I would love to play more in person, like in my city magic. And sure. it kind of turned yeah, yeah. into them hitting on me basically. And I was like, I just want to play magic. Uh, like, don't, yeah. don't, don't that's, do that. That's super so, classy. Yeah, yeah, but it just made me more like determined to be like, I'm gonna show up, and they're gonna know that there's always a girl at this LGS, and we are gonna like <laughs> make it just. It just made me more determined to make magic more uh, friendly for people like me, for queer folks and um, people of marginalized genders, and and just it it just reaffirmed that for me. So I've I've had like kind of both experiences, but for the most part, it's been really positive, and for the most part. I would say like 95% of the time I've not received any kind of like, you know, oh, you're, you're a girl. You don't know what a crater hoof is kind of attitude. Right. So, right. but yeah. And so then that just kind of turns my focus into like, how then do I make it friendly and how then do I make it more open and welcoming to people like me and, um, you know, just prioritizing that kind of experience. So mm -hmm. does that answer your question? <laughs> yes. I, I love <laughs> that you have had so many positive experiences and I love that you are a positive force in this community. That's outstanding. I yeah. appreciate the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I think it, it obviously it's genuine, but I think it comes across as uh, natural and genuine. It's not like you were, you know, outwardly like on this mission, like consciously trying to do this for these people. It's just like, that's who you are. And I think that's what people gravitate towards, if that's, that makes sense. It's more natural. It's more organic coming from, from your account than from some other ones. And I, it, that's part of the appreciation for it. Thank you. That means a lot. I mean, it, it is. I, I firmly 
believe that my life gets better the more diverse like experiences and people I have around. So the, the more that oh, I have sure, a chance sure, sure, to sure. like include different voices or different people or different backgrounds or like, um, yeah, people of like different genders. I think it's just, it, yeah. and just in general, as my life gets like queerer, it, it's a, it, it's more fun. <laughs> like just in general, like it <laughs> just as it's been. So to me, I'm like, let's just do more of that. And now that was a clip. That was a good audio clip right there. <laughs> as one. my life gets more queer, I, I support this wholeheartedly. <laughs> Good. So the more I can just like, you know, encourage that and just bring people along for the ride. And, you know, I do recognize that with having, you know, I know it's, this is just also in my little tiny section of the woods and my little tiny part of Twitter, but, you know, I do have a a bit of a platform and it's important for me to make sure I'm also using that for, for the good or the good of the realm as it were. So, yes, yes, yes. yes. You have a, quite a platform it's impressive (laughs) thank you yeah no problem uh that's probably probably enough serious talk what do you think liam i know you you wanted to ask uh deanna a couple questions about a specific pdh uh deck she was brewing on what do you got yeah yeah so the other day on twitter i was i was scrolling because that's what you do on twitter (laughs) uh and i saw a post from you about a selesnia critters deck Mm -hmm. and I, I always just love seeing PDH deck lists from just people entering the format or, or people who have been in the format for a bit and just, just seeing what other people are brewing because I tend to brew like almost exclusively Tokyo commanders Oh, uh, with exceptions being like uh, I have a, an altar exchange. So like I, I, I do altars badly. Um, and there's, there's a group of us that do that and we exchange altars just for fun. And I have an ongoing thing like, yeah, send me any random uncommon creature and I'll build a deck around it. And so that's kind of what I brew. And so I like seeing what other people do and your choice of commando in terms of risen sanctuary fascinated (laughs) me because it's very rare that you stumble across a vanilla or French vanilla creature where it's like, it's got a keyword and that's it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And I, I love seeing decks like that. So I just, I want to know, like, how you chose this commander. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you have PDH plans going forward, like, what are those? Like, what well, do you like to brew? Well, real quick, too, for the listeners, because I, I actually didn't know before I, I looked at the deck list. Risen, Risen Sanctuary is an elemental, uh, five generic, a green and a white for an 8-8 eight, eight with vigilance and a bunch of flavor text. Yep. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. And so. that's it. <laughs> And yeah. that's it. That's fantastic. So part of what I wanted to do when I was entering Popper was like, um, you know, I talked about before, I wanted to be able to use some of my co- own collection. So I was like, you know what, this is my first deck and I don't, it, it's probably going to be terrible because I kind of don't know what I'm doing in terms of like stuff I really need to pay attention for. Or also that kind of sense of what's good in this format versus other ones. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. But this, this deck is built off of all cards that I had like just in my collection. So I didn't buy anything for it. I didn't look up, you know, what are like the best green and white popper staples. It's just fully yeah. stuff in my own boxes. And then okay. as I touched on also before with my kind of affinity for monsters, uh, this like <laughs> the, the Risen Sanctuary, I was like, uh, this is just such a beautiful card and it does nothing for the deck because it is just an 8-8 with Vigilance. So it does nothing yep. in terms of like, it doesn't do anything for stuff on the field, but it it just, you know, the artwork just spoke to me and I was like, you know what, we're just going to go with it and we'll just do Selesnia stuff. And also I wanted to brew in 
colors I don't normally play in EDH. So I don't... That was going to be my next question, actually. Is, is that a, is that a yeah, normal color combination for you to brew in in, in EDH, or was this like a one-off? Nope, this is one-off. Um, so I really don't have... Basically, my, um, my decks right now are he- almost always with black and heavily, mm-hmm. heavily Rakdos right now. That's kind of where I'm nice. hanging yes. out. Um, yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I would mm-hmm. love to, I, I'm sort of slowly and only semi-officially kind of working on building decks and kind of all of the combos with black. Um, and so I was like, you know what, let me just take a chance to do something a little bit different. And so I have, I don't, I don't really have Selesnya at all in my, it, it kind of, it's not really a color combo that kind of appeals to me, but it's, it's sure. changing that totally because fair. of this particular deck. Because as I play it, I'm just like, actually, this is like really fun. If I just use like green, <laughs> like green creatures and like green combat, but then like white for protection is really fun. Yeah. And that's kind of what most of this deck is. It's, it's like a lot of creepy little green crawlies and does green stuff with like ramp and, you know, kind of does like the, the big giant things, but then uses white for either buffs or protection or evasion, that kind of thing. So that's kind of where this came from. And why I picked that creature and it just sort of, it spoke to me. I just think it's in the, in the, the flavor text, um, which is when one of the great guardians arises, it sweeps enemies aside like chaff yet takes care not to crush a single insect underfoot. I was just like, Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. So <laughs> it's kind of what I want to be in life. It's just like, I want to be a guardian and, and just kind of like sweep out, you know, bigots and shitty people and just stuff that doesn't belong here (laughs) but make sure to take care of like all the you know the people and like the tender hearts along the way so as soon as i saw it i was like done did it (laughs) that's my commander (laughs) yep that's my commander all right yeah so do you have pdh plans going forward oh yes before we move away from this deck i have a question (laughs) yes Uh uh-oh 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 yes this isn't a question Dave likes to ask. Questions. This isn't a question. This is a question that's mm-hmm. not a question. Yes. The, yep. the online list has 31 lands for a seven drop commander, and I have anxiety about that. <laughs> and I wanted to let you know <laughs> that you're causing Dave anxiety. That I'm stressed. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, normally I would also be stressed um, because 31 is like very, very low for probably all of my deck <laughs> that I play in EDH. <laughs> uh, but I was looking at the list. I have like at least four or five mana dorks in here. And then it also has green stuff. So it's like, we've got, you know, um, we've got the, the ramp cards that let me go and fetch, you know, multiple, like go, go get a basic kind of thing. Um, mm. And the, there's the cultivate still... joke. We got, yeah, here's there. the cultivate. We got, we got it. There. We got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And most of the, you know, like my curve is still pretty low in terms of like most of my cards are two and three mana. So I can still do most of the things. Occasionally I've gotten mana screwed. So I I see here is where it's a perfect um, kind of link into like, I should play some more popper with y'all and with other people listening. Yes. So that way I can get a sense of like, I've only played two or three games with this deck. So I don't know if it's if it had like a couple good nights or if it's actually just like, nah, 31's like fine for what it wants to do. I was, so. I'm just excited that you're talking about the Selesnya deck. Like it's a Rakdos deck. 
Like, yeah, the cove stops at three, and I've got green things in there. I love it. Spoken like a true Baptist player. (laughs) I've got rituals. It's fine. I I don't need more lands. Yeah, yeah, why not? The rituals get me lands. The better. It's fine. Exactly, right. I can pay, like, two to get five red mana. Well, I don't need lands. Like, it's it's fine, yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm delighted that your conclusion here is, like, you need to play more PDH, because that is honestly what I want for literally everyone is to play more PDH. Yeah, that's what we spend an hour and a half every week trying to tell people to do. Our goals are aligned here. What I was going to suggest is, I think you should, if if it is possible, Mm -hmm. try to play more PDH with pals or pal-minded people, because every single one of them has a marching duo drone and a howling golem in every single one of their decks. And if you are hurting for mana... Or like need to draw some cards so you can draw into the land and the ramp. Like they will just attack you with a howling golem all day long and draw you all those cards, or attack you with a marching duodrone and give you treasures for free, because they're crazy. That's just their style. And it's 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 even better when you have like two howling golems on the field <laughs> because you can attack because they're two threes. They can attack into each other. Yes. So like you get the attack trigger and the block trigger. Oh. So you draw two cards. There this you is, go. This is the pals meta. Yeah, and I then think... you can just high-five with each other, but everybody still gets the benefits, you know? Bingo. Exactly. There he goes. Un- you got it. Unfortunately, they caught on with the duo drone. They only made that a 2-2. Yeah. Wizards yeah. But really dropped the ball on that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really super-duper dropped the ball. Yeah. I appreciate that, though. I mean, but but that's sort of like how I brew decks is, like, I it can look fine on paper, and I do a lot of, like play testing with myself through like Moxfield, but then so I'm like it all kind of theoretically works but it's way different when you shuffle up and you're just like oh actually like this line does not work the way that I thought it does and like right, right. you have okay. a couple great games where you're against something that just doesn't work and your deck's having an amazing night and then the next four games you'll be like why can I never draw a forest what is happening so <laughs> mm-hmm. it just takes yep. like it, it takes time to for me to kind of feel out a new deck like everything can look amazing on paper Earth. but once you get into it like does it actually function and how consistently does it function right so if you build like brad and i never never <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's a surprise every, every time you play it it's just a surprise mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen yep definitely uh i added those to my sideboard and i'll i'll take a look at adding those in and maybe tweaking the land so we'll see but at least yeah for sure yeah after i played that night where i like won those couple of games in a row people are like do you have a list do you have a list and i was like no so i finally just put it together and popped it up there so <laughs> nice what's the deck list? what is that yeah what do you mean <laughs> yeah what? you mean i have to go to the internet oh yeah, no. yeah unfortunately uh, i spend all day on the internet i don't want to spend that at home <laughs> <laughs> So do you uh, do you have any popper commands, uh, popper commander plans going forward? Um, yes, I would love to. Well, so I have a second deck. It is with the oh, what is that thing? It's the uh, siren, siren. Hang on, look up the name. Siren of the silent deck. song. Yes, the, that the, one. The, the, the inspired one that mills everyone and makes this card. Um, no, it's the other, now I have to look it up. I apologize. I really should have like this information. Um, it is a oh, blue, no problem. No it's problem. a blue and a black. And it's basically, if you pay like one in a blue, you can tap something and then you do one in a black, I think. And then you can make someone like force a creature to attack kind of thing. Um, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a fun. That one always seemed really fun. Yeah, it's so it's a demure. No I don't either. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull it up on it's, Moxfield. It's a, so, so I don't know if you guys shipwreck remember singer. the 
Shipwreck Bad Singer. Shipwreck Singer. Oh, okay. Shipwreck. Oh, okay. It's, so it's so, one in blue, target a creature, control, uh, opponent controls, attacks this turn of able, and then one in a black is attacking creatures, get minus one, minus one, until end of turn. Yeah. And it's a two drop. That's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were mm-hmm. you going to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, just like that it's that. like the, the sort of, like, Alpha had these cards, like, Nettling Imp, and then Ice Age had uh, Norit, which were cards that I tried desperately to get to function meaningfully in 1995, <laughs> and they were uh-huh. really, really bad cards. Uh, but this is sort of like the the version of that that's like fixed and does a thing, mm-hmm. and I've always loved it for that. Yeah, so I have a deck built around that. It's another, like, I don't do a lot of Demir. Like, I, re- I really just don't do a lot of blue. I would say that's one of my lesser played colors. Um, and so this is another, like, I'm going to pick something specifically Demir to have blue, and then I have to play the blue. Um, so it does... It, play the blue. Play the blue. <laughs> play the yeah, it does Demir things, but it doesn't really quite have as much of a, like, win con. So my plans are to, A, revamp that and either make sure, like, I've got some for real win cons in there or just see if maybe, again, that was just having a bad night, you know? So fix that deck. And then the other one is I would love to just do more brewing so i um have a bunch of eldraine and lord of the rings and a little bit of um just some other bulk that i need to kind of put away and then i want to pick do the same kind of thing where i go through my collection and be like let me look at these weird uncommons in a color combo i don't normally play and then do the same thing maybe this time i might add a couple of like staples like but I, i don't necessarily want to go full just brew like the best pdh deck yet so i'm right, still probably going to sure. base it based on like mostly my collection but add in some staples and add in a couple of upgrades that will not cost very much at all because this is a great format so right. and, and play more i mean there's nothing wrong with with upgrading a little a little juice here and there yes exactly right just a little bit probably some stuff that i'm kind of missing that would be obvious great includes and um but yeah just just more of it basically so <laughs> Which means I gotta play more. So, if oh, all of darn. you listening, come make <laughs> friends with me. Come say hi, and we'll we'll play. Yeah, absolutely. How does, how does one arrange to play games with you if one has never existed on Twitter? Um, you could also be also my friend on question. Discord. So let's you and I should be friends Discord. on yeah. Let's be friends on Discord. You want to take our relationship to the next level and be Discord friends? I think you should. I'm ready. You're, <laughs> okay. you're hearing I'm... it first, people. Happen live on for, the show for this level of commitment. <laughs> I'm prepared. Yes, amazing. Let's do it. I I also hear that there's a certain Twitch streamer mm. who streams games on Saturdays. That's on true. Spell table. Oh. Yeah, every Saturday, five p.m. That sounds fake. <laughs> it sounds fake. I have to look into but that. I, I yeah, you know, I I heard. The name might be might be Bill. It's might close, be... close mm. enough. So it's a, Blake. It's a B. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere in there. It's a B. It's a B word. It's somewhere in there. It's a B. I don't know. They they run some kind of podcast called the PDH Pod. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Brad. Brad. Brad's his name. That's right. That's, it. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, for other people that are listening that are also not on Twitter but would like to be popper friends, um, my Discord name is just at Miss Eldridge. So you could certainly send me a friend request. Ideally, just send me a message to let me know because if it's just a total rando like request, I might not respond to it. But if you're like, hey, would love to play popper yeah. and I'm not on Twitter, or like, would love to play popper and we've got these friends over here or something, like, always happy to meet new folks and um, get connected. So 
don't be shy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's one thing I've learned about since getting so like devoted into uh, Popper Commander is that generally it is not hard to find a game. Nope. It, whether it's awesome. our Discord or the Pals or the PDH home base Discord, like there is all or Common Connoisseurs Discord, there is always somewhere to find a game because it's international like it's global the game is global people love popper everywhere and they're just they're always willing to play there's always at least three people awake <laughs> wherever you're at yeah absolutely that's also part of my plan is to you know i joined your discord for this podcast but obviously i want to get more involved and so yeah just being more of a more present in some of these discords and getting a chance to do more popper specific games i think would be really great um because yeah. i know sometimes it's sort of like either Either I have a friend contact me about being on a stream that's very specifically that, or like someone will arrange for something just in this format. But in terms of being able to just look for something, um, I would like to do more of that. And yeah, so I think your Discord dis slash other Discords you've mentioned is a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also, if you're looking for guests for if this uh, uh, Blake or, or you know, uh, Bill or whomever is looking for other guests. Bart, uh, maybe. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, you know what? I think it's Bart. Um, definitely. <laughs> I think it's Bart. Yeah, hit me up and Bart let me know. Right. I would love to. And I could also brew something on theme. I love brewing for themes. So if you've got like a theme or a color or like a flavor you're going for, happy to come in and join. Yeah, I'm big on that. What do you have a do you have a favorite uh, creature type creature theme? I guess Eldrazi. <laughs> oh, that's true. But like, <laughs> you know, vampire elves, rogues. Like, do you have like a you know one of those favorites? Um, I guess one that trans that would translate well into a commons only <laughs> format. We don't have a lot of <laughs> Eldrazi, I guess. We don't have a lot of Emrakuls floating around. Yeah, here. yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn, that sucks. <laughs> right. I guess. <laughs> Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I don't know that I have, I mean, I guess Eldrazi would kind of be like my main like typo group that I love. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. no, I mean, I don't know if I have a, a type line as much as I do just like things that look like monsters. So if it looks at all very mm, weird, like okay, a scary okay. thing you'd run into either in outer space or in the woods, um, is usually my like kind of, kind of how to get See, me in. That's so. what I'm talking about. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Shipwreck Singer, it's like this creepy, like, harpy siren thing. And then the Risen Sanctuary is this, like, very strange, like, forest guardian looking thing. And most of the cards in the deck are also, like, just weird forest stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, so less of a, like, type line and more just art flavor. An aesthetic. Yeah, an aesthetic. A, a vibe, Ooh, I like that. Yes, yes, an aesthetic. Yeah. So you're pretty stoked for the, the Horror Mansion set coming out next year? Oh, Because I am. Yes. Yes, I am all over that. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I had several people that are just be like, look on Twitter, you're going to love what's happening. And I was just like, oh, my God, yes, please. And that yeah, the dusk. 100%. Um, the, the, the dusk. Is it dusk? Mansion? Dusk Noir Mansion or something like that? <sighs> dusk Morn. Something. Yeah, yeah. The, the big moth, like the artwork that was spoiled for that. Yes. It was just like, it, it, it felt like Christmas. Like, just give me like little presents and. Like I'm, I'm good. They made like a whole thing for me between like Exelon. So I have yep. dinosaur. You know, I've got like a Gishath deck. So I, like love dinosaurs, love Eldrazi. So I love, um, you know, the the Kozilek and the Ulamog like new artwork recently. The horror sets like they're just you know like hey Deanna, do you want some you want some presents? Have some presents. So <laughs> here you go. Here's some gifts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, I have a super super important question here. I need okay. to know because my 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 two co-hosts here, my two friends that I talk to every week, mm -hmm. they are sort of. Uh, adamantly opposed to 
the aesthetics of Phyrexians? Where do you stand on those? <laughs> oh. That's gross. <laughs> There's a correct answer here. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm probably going to go two and one. This is probably where I'm going to take the L here for the other two guests because uh, <laughs> I am wildly into it. Like, oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, nope. I, I maybe some other time and <laughs> like a, a, a not podcast could talk about some feelings about that. But yes, um, no, I, I think they're just I think they're, I think they're gorgeous. Like the, the, the Praetors I, I all in particular are I just um, just just beautiful and weird. And like the whole aesthetic with um, March of Machines, like the oil counters and the like, um, there's the Phyrexian. Ooh, what is that thing? The Phyrexian. It's like four white mana. Um, and it's got lots oh. of lots of teeth and lots of mouths. I have a Mondrag oh, deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yep, the, yep, yep. The, the callback to the Obliterator. Yeah, what is that? We had a Negator and then an Obliterator thing? and then a... Uh, yeah, I know exactly it's what you're talking big... about. Yeah, I could find it. It's an all white thing. But yes, um, so all of those, uh, all the Phyrexian, um, the, like the, the Mondrak, like, so the Phyrexian gods were all just delightful. Um, so yeah, I'm... Phyrexian Vindicator. Vindicator, Vindicator yes. Vindicator. That one, it's got like a big saw for an arm yeah, with covered can, in teeth. It's I cannot. I cannot stand Phyrexians. Ugh, I'm I'm so against body horror. I love horror. I love the horror genre, but like body horror, can't do it. Mm. Mm-mm. See, I'm a little There's bit of the, the like, opposite. Like for me, like the the body horror stuff is like the the artwork is like what pulls me in. I'm working yes, into 100%. horror movies, so like I'm kind of like growing that way. I'm I'm definitely not against like blood and gore. Like blood and gore is fine, but like just just consistent this being is is physically messed up i just mm, <laughs> can't can't do it i weirdly am yeah. really into the aesthetics of the furnace like urobrask i think is dope and like there's a oh. there's a card from march of the machines called furnace gremlin that i am mm-hmm. deeply in love with the the art and aesthetic of that just these you know like these like bands of metal that are barely containing this inferno oh, like that's mm-hmm. a, that's a really cool idea something with wings made out of raw sinew and like <laughs> 700 incisors that's weird yeah, I, well, that I feel, makes I feel me like... uncomfortable <laughs> i feel like the furnace gremlin kind of hits the like the same kind of feelings that i get with um like a beautiful this is going to sound very weird. Just roll with me on it. A beautiful car, sure. like where you get the metal and the sleek lines and the yeah, like, for sure. Uh, you know, sort of those beautiful like prototype cars that you see, like the the auto shows and stuff. As a Detroit person, mm-hmm. hi. Um, you know, you get those same kind of like sleek metal feelings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for for me, the the Dominus Dominuses Dominus I, uh, just like re- really hit the spot in terms of just weird, strangely shaped, lots of mouths and teeth and i already like the tentacle beings so it's just this like just sort of alien but flesh kind of feelings and yeah it just kind of works yeah. for me so it's okay if i if it's okay if i go two and two and one here i'm i'm happy yeah, with I'm, that I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm right that there with score, you so yep yep now do i love what they stand for well yeah that's a no. different that's a whole different a whole conversation. different conversation right well, but yes <laughs> yeah the, the archetypes and the art and the the flavors and the, like just the the feeling is like very very much up my alley so i feel like that's yeah, kind of how the 100%. whole set went where it was like 
either people were very into it where they're just like, this is my thing, which is me, or they were like, ew, please, can we like not like, do that? <laughs> can we get a new set, please? Let's, right. let's get past this. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I love yeah. about all the different sets. And I know that some people get set fatigue or product fatigue, which is totally fine. And I think very normal. And that's why I think it's lovely that there's all these different sets that appeal to so many different people, you know? So you have like, mm-hmm. what are the rings versus like Dr. Who versus like body horror versus, um, fairy tales versus dinosaurs and fairy tales, dinosaurs yeah. and there's like old transformers. Th- exactly. And... Exactly. So I think yeah. there's like something here for everyone and it makes me really excited and stuff that I'm not excited about. I get to see other people excited about and I get to be happy for them. So yeah, I think yeah. it's lovely. Very well said. Uh, Dave and Liam, you got anything else you want to add before we uh, get into the outro here? Any more non-question questions? Any more non-question questions? <laughs> I'm, out of, I'm out of questions that aren't actually questions. Cl- cleverly disguised uh, statements of opinion. I have no more of those to share. <laughs> what about you, Liam? I, I am no, I... I am extremely grateful that no one challenged my use of the word cleverly there. That that meant a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. You're a math teacher. Gonna let I trust you. Have you. That yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I need I need these W's. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, Deanna, Ms. Eldridge, where can the listeners find you if they want to check you out on Twitter or anywhere else, I guess? Yeah, uh, for the most part, it's going to be right now. It's on Twitter. I know Twitter is its own, like, house of cards that is... is Thing, just, yeah. Just so going... Yes, it is its <laughs> yeah, own. It really and not is. the kind that we like. Which unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. so it's kind of going off the cliff in its own way. So for right now, uh, the main place you can find me is on Twitter uh, by the same username. So it's just at MS Eldritch. Uh, you can find me over there talking about monsters and magic and being friends and all sorts of stuff. And then uh, the other place, I do have a Twitch channel. I'm not streaming currently, but um, it is a place that if I'm hosting any special events or putting together a pod or playing any kind of variety games or whatever you can find me there and then i'm also on the other platforms i'm also on threads blue sky all that kind of stuff so usually just oh, okay, miss eldritch cool. you can just pop in the name and i'm there so nice but if you want to talk enough. about anything or want to be friends or want to play games come say hi because i love new people and making new friends so come yep, hang out playing magic is awesome yes and i love doing a lot of it so nice yeah uh, well, cool. I think we'll uh, move into the outro here and uh, talk to you next time. But uh, a few more things for the week before we wrap it up. Uh, if you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can follow us on Instagram or X slash Twitter or just the PDH pod over there as well. You can always email the show at the PDH pod at gmail.com uh, or you can pretty much find most anybody that talks about PDH on the PDH home bases website, and they'll take you right to their discord server. Uh, you can find Liam and I on Twitter at popper command and popper underscore B respectively. And Ms. Eldritch on there as well. Uh, and as always, you can find Dave as the Algadron pretty much everywhere else. PDH is being talked about and all these links in the, uh, the various decks we've talked about and stuff. All the links will be down in the show notes. If you guys want to check those out and uh, we're going to get on out of here with episode 68 of the PDH pod, but we want to give a big thanks to MT, Brad for letting us use their original music for the show and from everyone in here to everyone out there brew a deck play some PDH and we'll talk to you next week say bye everybody cheers bye see ya Brad I say cheers after you say peace you can't just peace there we go I'll cut it in peace Bye, yeah, all. Good. Okay. You can't, you can't just miss the peace. <laughs> right. I, know, I, I missed it. You, totally you say goodbye, everyone. I'm, just, I'm waiting for the peace to happen. And it's like, <laughs> but.
My cheers is it. uncertain and confused. <laughs> like I can't unfulfilled. I can't believe you've done this to me. Oh crap! <laughs> so unprofessional. Now nah, we'll take it. Awesome. I brought proper text at the party. Proper text at the party.